and say hello to episode 105 here of the Cherokee Rewind. Of course, you know I'm Mick, so we appreciate you tuning in, hanging out with us. Don't forget, be sure to subscribe, and anytime a new episode drops, it'll let you know. And my guest this time around for this episode is a guy who uh, I don't think I don't think he realizes how popular he was when he played for Toledo. And he goes by the name of Jay Clark. And Jay, uh, first off, welcome. Thanks for doing this, bud. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Mick. Okay, good. Um, you know, how are you? Uh, hey, I got a pulse. I opened my eyes and didn't see dirt. It's a good day. Um, I was doing. Yeah, right. yeah, I was doing. Uh, trying to think about because I don't. I don't look things up. I don't try to look up stats and cheat on all that stuff. Well, the first thing I always try to do is I try to remember your jersey number. And were you 17? Nope. I was three. You were three? Wow, I was way off. Wow. Oh, well. Yeah. What, uh, oh, yeah. Was, was Almost that your... my whole, whole life, actually. Oh, okay. I was going to say, was that number that you always liked? Or uh, was there a reason behind the number three? Or... Um, I don't think so. I mean, I had it from the time I was three, so I guess maybe that was it. I mean, my dad probably chose it at that point. I don't know. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, but uh, the, the only the only year in my memory that I can remember, the only year in my memory that I can remember not being three would uh, be my first year of juniors. I was six. Okay, and where did you play your first year of juniors? In Peoria, Peoria, Illinois. That's right. Okay. I knew you had played in Peoria. I just couldn't remember whether it was before yeah. or after Toledo. But um, anyhow, so let me let me get started here first. Uh, you know, being from out west, uh, what team did you follow the most? Were you mostly a, like a Hawks fan, or what team did you follow as a kid growing up? So I played growing up, I played for the St. Louis Amateur Blues. So I guess probably the Blues, um, although most people from Springfield, Illinois, which is where I came from, um, that were Blackhawks fans. But Springfield's kind of in the middle of St. Louis and Chicago. So it's kind of one of those one of those cities that uh, half the people there are Cubs fans, half of them are Cardinals fans, half of them are Blackhawks fans, half of them are uh, Blues. And one of those things, I guess it was more blues for me because that's where I played. Okay, fair enough. Now, um, who would uh, who would you say? Well, first off, who got you interested in the game? Who really got you hooked on the game of hockey? So my dad, um, when I was born, actually, I was born in Mankato, Minnesota. My dad was actually playing for Minnesota State, so um, I got started pretty young um, with that you know, being said. Now, did you, uh, so he was, he was playing for Minnesota state. So he was always kind of my idol. Okay. That's fair enough. Now, aside from him, who were some of the other players yeah. that you looked up to as far as when it came to playing the game? Um, Scott Stevens was probably my favorite defenseman. You know, the big open ice hits. I loved that. Uh, uh and then my favorite player of all time, I would say is Eric Lindros actually. Good. That's a good quality choice. Solid choice. Um, now, From Philly. 
of course. Oh, from his Philly days. Okay. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I still, I try to think of him in his other unis, whether it was New York or Toronto, and it just didn't quite do it for me. He, Philly was where he made his mark. And, uh, but. Um, Absolutely. Now, when you, when you first started playing, how old were you when you first put on a pair of skates and played organized? I mean, I was probably two or three, but the first time I put on a pair of skates, um, my dad always says I could skate before I could walk. Um, I think he's probably joking because I was never really all that good a skater. Um, but I, uh, yeah, so I was probably two or three. When I first started playing organized, was probably four or five playing like mites or, you know, whatever. I probably played like house league or something when I was three or four. But that was, uh, that's kind of, you know, as far back as I can kind of remember is, you know, I started very, very young playing the game. Mm-hmm. Now, did you always play forward like you did later on or? Did you just kind of play all over as a, as a little one? So growing up, I actually played D. Um, and then when I, when I was in Peoria, I played D. And then when I, when I came to Toledo, I played forward for the most part, but I did play, end up playing a lot of D uh, there for uh, Duncan. Uh, they just, I, I, I'm not really sure why. Um, I wasn't all that big you know, I'm five at that point, probably five, nine or five, 10, 160 pounds. Maybe that was why they, they had me play it forward. Um, but yeah, I do remember towards the end there, I, I did start playing a lot more D. Okay. Now. Um, so uh, when you first started playing uh, house league and stuff, do you remember any of your coaches or anything? So it's funny. Yeah, actually, um, my dad, obviously, coming from Minnesota State, being a young guy, uh, obviously, he was 21 when he had me. By the time he graduated college and we moved back to his hometown, which is Springfield, Illinois, uh, he uh, he coached. We also had another coach, uh, Pete Crawford, who his brother actually is Mark Crawford, who won the cup with the Avalanche. Okay. Which, ironically enough, I live in, in Denver now. Um <laughs> But, and then another guy named Bob Gordon, who uh, played a couple games for the Wings. Um, I don't know if he had much of a career, you know, after he had originally played a couple of games. But, uh, you know, a bunch of good guys when I was younger in Springfield that, that were really into the game, um, had a lot of knowledge, and, and actually played the game at a competitive level. Okay. Which is something that you, quite frankly, don't find in a lot of, little big cities like Springfield, Illinois, if, you, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand what you mean. But um, now, uh, were you, when you yeah. first started playing, were you, uh, I don't know, do you remember being like nervous or, or you know, edgy kind of playing hockey? Were you kind of, oh boy, I might get hurt or anything like that? No. Um, I- Oddly enough, and you you saw me play, and I was never really scared of much. No. Um, however, I, you know, with the exception of obviously like my nose and maybe my hands, I've never broken a bone. Really, knock on wood, had many injuries at all. I tore my MCL when I was probably ten. Uh, but that's really that's really the only injury I ever had. Okay. 
Uh, now, did you hurt anyone else? I mean, I'm not, I don't mean in junior, but I mean, when you were little, did you, uh, you know, first time you were allowed to start checking, did you, did you mow anybody over? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I kind of always had kind of the same style of play once it got to that level. When I played AAA, I used to, I was pretty scrappy. Um, I've always liked hitting and, and, you know, kind of, kind of getting in the mix. Um, but as I mentioned, you know, the, the older I got and I wasn't, you know, I was by no means a big guy. Um, it made it a little bit more difficult, but I, I don't ever remember being, um, scared or nervous or, you know, uh, jittery or anything like that while playing. I, it was always something that I loved to do and it never really, uh, got to a point where it affected me more than just obviously, um, you know, you're, if you're fighting a guy like Dole and he's six eight and you're five nine, I mean, that's that might be a little jittery at times, yeah. but um, you know, I had to do it anyways. I was gonna say, so. you know, you did it, and hey, even if you hit his uh, hand with your face, you did what you had to do. But uh, anyhow, uh, oh yeah. Uh, so now, when you were little like that, um, where? Uh, what do you do you remember what it was like uh back then i mean was it like this is the greatest thing on earth you know i could do this all day every day sure i uh it was my life you know a lot of other kids growing up play other sports and i played a little bit of baseball like growing up but once i got to about 10 years old and started playing triple a in st louis i didn't have time to play baseball because i played year-round so i'd play once I got to like 12, but starting at 10, the summers was the St. Louis elite. Um, and I played for them from, you know, 10 to probably 13, 14. Uh, and then aged out of obviously that program. But yeah, I didn't have, I didn't have much time to, uh, to do much else. Honestly, mm -hmm. missed a lot of school growing up, obviously playing in St. Louis and it being a two hour drive to and from practice three days a week and then being out of town every weekend. It's, it's just kind of one of those things that it kind of took over the life. But to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I think that at that point, I that obviously my goal is to play play the game for the rest of my life, and and obviously that doesn't work out. So, um, you know, I've got to figure it out. It's, it's life. So, so but yeah, I think growing up, it was it was obviously my favorite thing to do. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else I would have rather been doing. Yeah. Now, how hard was that on you in terms of school since you had to miss so much? Did you, I mean, did you have to do a lot of homework in the car? Um, yeah, to a certain extent, um, they understood. I mean, I went to a private school, so I mean, obviously they, you know, knowing what I was, was doing and my, what my goal was. And obviously I'm sure my dad had to sit down with somebody from the from the school and, and have a conversation with them as well. Uh, but at the end of the day, yeah, I do remember, I mean, being in the car and, you know, my dad kind of quizzing me on, you know, say a spelling test or, or little stuff like that to make sure that I got the information um, was definitely a, a key part of, obviously, I mean, if we're driving two hours to practice and two hours home, obviously on the way back, I was sleeping because practices at seven, you know, get out of the rink at nine, then I'm not getting home till 11. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, it was probably rougher on my dad, honestly, than it was me, but I think he enjoyed it as well. <laughs> so, uh, now, uh, you know, you played, you went through the ranks playing, uh, you know, Squirt, Pee Wee, Bantam. Uh, when did you notice, like, hey, I might be able to play at even higher levels than just high school? Um, so being my age group, me being a 1988 birth year, uh, I played obviously 88 was, was my year. And then once I got to, uh, 15, I went and started playing juniors. But when I was, you know, 13, 14, 15, after St. Louis amateur or the, uh, St. Louis elite rather, um, kind of, you know, you age out of that program. Uh, I played for a team called team Northwest, which is another tournament team that, plays like three tournaments a summer and we'd be in North Dakota um, for training camp for a month before we went to these tournaments. So I lived, basically lived in North Dakota for, you know, a third of the summer and then played tournaments the other, you know, two thirds. Uh, but the point being there is that I think that was when I recognized um, I could really do something here. Cause a lot of the guys I played AAA with are now either playing in the American league or the show. Um, and I was always kind of one of those guys that that was at the top of the top of the ranks, I guess, as far as playing playing as a defenseman in in those leagues. Um, you know, I, I I played at a high level, and I I was one of the one of the better defensemen in the league. So I think that's kind of when I recognized it is when um, you know things like USA Hockey Magazine are coming out with like the you know, top 50 prospects in each age group. And I'm, I'm on the list, you know, and it was maybe a little shocking. And then, but at the end of the day, uh, you still got to continue to work hard and and do the things that, that got you to that point in the first place, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, what, I mean, what, who were some of the guys that you played with back then that went on to play pro? Um, so a guy, obviously, probably most of you know, a guy named Pat Maroon, who's won three Stanley Cups in a row. Um, he was on my AAA team. Um, Sean Dolan, I believe, is still playing in the American League. Um, a buddy of mine, Cal Heater, actually played some games for the uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. As what, He was our goalie growing up and probably my best friend as far as uh, all of that goes. He also played in St. Louis um, with Junior Blue. And then another guy, Jack Combs. What's that? He also played juniors for St. Louis for junior blues in our league. Yes, he did. Yeah. Around the same time I did. And then he went on to play um, in the NA. And then after he played uh, for Philly, he played for Anirandak. And then um, following that, uh, he went over to the KHL and had a pretty decent career in the K. And then... Um, I believe it was after the KHL that's over in Russia. That's like the Russian NHL. Um, and then after that came over and played in the American league for, for a while, um, for the Marlies, I believe. Okay. So now, um, yeah. so now, um, you, you, you're get you're looking at this stuff. So did you ever play a, a game of high school or did you stick strictly with travel? 
So uh, high school hockey in Springfield is, is not much of anything at all. Um, and that's not a, a thrash on the Springfield, you know, hockey organization or anything like that. It's just um, a matter of, you know, the level of what you play. Um, so I moved away to go play juniors when I was still in high school. Um, and so I, I did play some games. Um, if I was in town and there was a game on a Tuesday night and I didn't have practice in St. Louis, sure, I, I'd, I'd go play for my, for my high school. Um, and they kind of, like I said before about the school growing up, they kind of understood where my priorities were. And obviously they weren't trying to step on that. Um, so they just kind of allowed me to, if I was around, I'd play. If I wasn't, I, I didn't. That's kind of how that worked out. Okay. For me, it was more or less just extra ice time. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So now, um, how did you end up going to Peoria for your first year of juniors? Were you drafted? Were you uh, recruited at all? Um. Yeah, I mean, I would say that they – um, wanted me to come up there and play. Um, I went, and obviously being from Springfield, it's an hour and 30 minutes or whatever from Peoria. Um, so I was close enough to where those guys over in Peoria knew who I was. Um, but yeah, so I, I went up there. I went to their camp. Um, obviously, I ended up going and playing in their training camp. And I, you know, just got a spot on the team. I was, I was you know, one of the youngest guys in the league um at you know 15 16 years old uh so i mean it was just one of those things where i at that point i didn't know if it was going to be something that was going to work out or if i was going to have to go play midgets you know go play midget majors in st louis or in peoria peoria had a good program um so just one of those things that yeah it just kind of fell into place for me so you go and you play uh in that first year uh at the owen center who was your coach back then was that uh kevin loon it was Kevin Loon, yes, sir. Aha, uh -huh, good old yeah. Lunar. Oh man, I, we've got... oh man, he's he's, he's, a, he's a treat. <laughs> oh, there's 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 always a good Kevin Loon story to go around, I'm sure. Um... <laughs> oh man, I'll never forget the one time. I don't remember exactly what the scenario was or why he was so pissed off in the first place, mm -hmm. but. Uh, he threw every water bottle and every spare stick onto the ice. Um, and so our team, we, we skate around and the ref's like, you guys got to pick all that up. So we skate around, we pick everything up, bring it back to the bench. He throws it back on the ice. <laughs> Obviously gets kicked out at this juncture. But I just, you know, or, you know, something as simple as, you know, walking in the locker room after or in between periods or something, we're not playing well or, or whatever the case is. And, um, he, uh, you know, come in there and kick over the, the Gatorade and the water, you know, bio tanks in the middle of the locker room. And, you know, I, it was, it was always a, a funny experience in the Kevin Loon locker room. That's for sure. Good night. Uh, you know, the funny thing is a, a couple years later, uh, a few years later, I remember, uh, Dunk had moved on and it was Chris Varga that was coaching. And uh, we went to Peoria because that's where uh, uh, they renamed it Herster Cup. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, or no, this was before Dunk. This was before Dunk. Um, we uh, were, were over there at Herster Cup in Peoria. And uh, we we're sitting there 
uh, went to a bar because the the people that own the the Peoria team, the guys owned a bar, uh, just right outside of the Peoria city. Yeah, the, the eagle, the eagle's nest. Is that what it was called? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's the eagle's nest in Dunlap. I lived right there in Dun. Yeah, I lived right there in Dunlap. Oh, okay. Well, the, we're we're uh, we're all they we're in a bus, and uh, so it's us. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. I think Motor City maybe, or somebody. Uh, maybe it was Chicago. I can't remember. Grand Rapids. It was Grand Rapids was one of them, and I can't. It was uh, Peoria. And they made the playoffs. Yeah, they actually used to have a decent team back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but uh, we. Uh, uh, I remember because it was Lunar. It was Mike Flanagan, who was the coach of uh, Grand Rapids. Us. And uh can't remember who the fourth team was. Anyway, we were all staying in the same hotels right ne- near each other. And so uh, Grand Rapids and us, and I think it was St. Louis. Anyway, the three three of us, our groups, get together and ride on our bus, on the Toledo bus. And head over to Eagle's Nest, and of course, you know they're all over there. And uh, it was St. Louis because uh, Jack Behan ended up, the coach of St. Louis, ended up in the kitchen, yeah. laying on the salad bar, getting himself stitched up. Anyway, uh, and I remember it because uh, the uh, couple locals tried hitting on some St. Louis women, and they didn't take too kind to it. And so uh, Lunar and Mike Flanagan, who coached the Grand Rapids Owl, kind of took these locals out back and uh, just uh, basically told them, you know, showed them you don't mess with with us, you know, the hockey people, and proceeded to tune them up like you wouldn't believe. And uh, broke, I think they, one guy broke his hand or his arm and, just and lunar just not and flags annihilated them both and uh they came after us tried to one guy stuck his hand through the uh, bus door with a knife and while we're uh, while we're driving while we're riding and uh we uh kick uh, we kick his hand so that his hand goes back through the door uh and uh and of course he goes flying because we're we're pulling away and everything and, and, and I guess uh, uh, Lunar they they wanted to go round two with Lunar and, and flags and it did not bode well. It just it was ugly. <laughs> and uh, yeah, L- Lunar's a big guy. Yes, he's huge. And and Flanagan's no 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 slouch either. Flanagan's right up there with them. I think Lunar had I think more meat on him than Flags, but Flags was just as tall as Lunar. Uh, and so, yeah, you did not want to mess with either of those guys. They were both. You look in, you look in the dictionary under the word intense, and you'd see their pictures. You know, they were like the bookends of disaster. It was just, uh, oh yeah, it was crazy. And uh, anyway, so, um, but yeah, that's what I remember about Kevin Loon. And thing was, is that away from the rink, away from the locker room and everything, nicest guy, who's always nice to us. And, and nice to me. Oh yeah, Lunar's a great guy. You know, couldn't say couldn't say enough good things about that guy, and it just cracked me up. But yeah, you get him behind the bench. Same thing with Flags though. 
Mike Flanagan with Grand Rapids, we used to have games, I'm not kidding, where we were like, okay, should we call law enforcement ahead of time or no? You know, I mean, that's how intense they got. I mean, that guy was like um, a couple fries short of a Happy Meal. And uh, when he was behind the bench, but he, <laughs> he he was. But man, oh man, he was, like I said, away from it. Him and his assistant coach, Jeff Lang. That's where I got introduced, uh, Jay. I got introduced to having ginger ales with the uh with the with the coaches after you know after bed checks i went we would go and have beers with the uh with the other team's coaches and i didn't think they i didn't know they did that i thought you know i'm i'm thinking you know we're you know we're yelling at each other during the game so you know that that's just how it is you know you're mad at them even after no are you kidding me we're sitting in there and i'm sitting there i didn't i'm not saying anything i'm just sitting there having a pop and and uh and of course, then flags and and then especially Jeff Lang was the like the funniest human being I ever met in my life in terms of hockey. That guy could tell the best stories, the funniest stories. And I'd be sitting there like holding myself, trying not to pee my pants, and he would just go off on stuff. And him and him and flags were just hysterical. And uh, and that's where I learned that, yeah, these guys, yeah, they, they hate each other, when, you know, when they're on opposite benches. But after that last whistle or last horn goes, you know, these guys are good friends and everything. And I, that, I learned that from those guys. And I learned it, too, from Lunar and, um, you know, from him and Tommy McDermott, some of those other guys out there out west that, uh, you know, it was okay to be, you know, be friends with each other, even though you're coaching and uh, in my case, broadcasting, you know, be uh, from the other team, you know, and stuff. And uh, I just thought it was just a riot. Those guys were just the best. And uh, so, yeah, that's why to this day, whenever I hear the name Kevin Loon or if I hear uh, Mike Flanagan or, you know, uh, Dick Hammersmith or Dick Glass and Mark Hammersmith in Chicago, I just start smiling and giggling. Because I just think of some of the best, the best stories and the best times I I had in hockey were usually after hours with those guys, you know, and uh, and if you ever want to hear, sure, and, that, and that's the beautiful thing about the about, about, that's the beautiful thing about our sport, man. It's because the same thing goes for me is, you know, I I go out there and and either get the shit kicked out of me or vice versa, and then after the game, I see the guy. And you have a conversation with him, mm -hmm. you know, or right after the fight. I mean, obviously, there's the exceptions to the rule, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, everybody's kind of, you know, we understand what the game entails. And it's, you know, we could sit there, like you said, and hate each other while we're on the ice or on the bench or, you know, even right after the game, maybe you're scowling at somebody. But at the end of the day, hockey's a small world. And, you know, we, we understand what how it how it goes and what it entails i mean i guess it's kind of what i'm getting at here and, and the same thing goes for those coaches i mean um there was a point in time where i uh helped coach a junior team in um vale colorado when i lived up in vale mm -hmm. and uh you know i mean you know me as well as anybody especially in the hockey world is that i mean i i don't take things lightly <laughs> when the game's going on mm -hmm. Um, but off the ice, I'm pretty lighthearted. I don't, it's not, 
the end of the world. I, I'm not going to get bent out of shape about something that happened an hour ago. Mm-hmm. So, no, I definitely understand. I mean, that's like I said, that's the beautiful thing about hockey as opposed to a lot of other sports. Yeah, that's true. Now, um, when when you were, I mean, now who was the assistant coach? Was that Steve Ortman when you were there? Where in Toledo? No, in uh, Peoria. You know, to be honest with you, Mick, I don't remember the gentleman's name. Um, for he was pretty stacked as well. He, uh, what what was the name you said? Steve Ortman. Yeah, that was him. Um, pretty pretty solid guy. Uh, the bald head. Yeah, kind of baldish head. Uh, had a uh, goatee. Um, trying to remember. I know his son played for him. Yeah, that was later, him. Blake Ortman. But um, yeah, okay. Yeah, he was also a kind of a a, a more a, a milder version of Lunar. He was he wasn't as crazy, but he was intense, you know. But um, at least that's from my end of it. Absolutely, very intense. But that's kind of the role. That's kind of the role of assistant coaches. Once you get to that level, is you have the the Lunars or the Dunks, those guys, and then you know that are that are more intense, that are a little bit. I don't, I don't want to say mean, but but mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the disciplinary guys. They're the ones who are who are on on your on your helmet, if you will, about making sure that you're doing what you need to do on and off the ice. And then you got the guys like like Ortman and um, and Tarsh that are kind of more like your buddy. They want to want to see you, you know, succeed. But at the same time, they're a lighter lighter version of the of the head coach. So yeah, that's true. Now. Um... I was thinking, and then we always had Tarski as our goaltending coach, and he was cool too. Uh, for Toledo. Yeah, Doug. Oh, Doug Tusky. Okay, I gotcha. Tusky, not Tarski. Tusky, yeah. Yeah, when you said Tarski, I was thinking of Starsky and Hutch, but that's before your time. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just you know played hockey for a lot of people. It's hard to put it all together at this point. Hey, I appreciate the fact that you remember as well as you do. Now, um, but, uh, but seriously though, I, um, what was, what was it like when you were in Peoria? I mean, did you have fun? Uh, did you enjoy your time there? Uh, when you, you know, I mean, after all, you're just a young kid, uh, you know, just a what, freshman in high school and, uh, maybe a sophomore, uh, but the thing is, is that you're still, I think I was a junior when I went there. Okay. But yeah, I, I was young. I enjoyed it. I, it was my first time actually getting, obviously I played out of town my whole life, but it was more or less, you know, my dad taking me to the game, um, taking me to the practices, making sure I, you know, was, was there and doing all that. Um, that was my first time actually having to be responsible enough to make sure that I, I got out of bed at 530 in the morning and I lived with a Alec Hageman. Um, and that I got out of bed at, you know, 530 in the morning that we were on the road in my car on the way to practice by, you know, the practices when I was in Peoria were like 637 AM. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was my first actual like experience of having to make sure that I was, I was there no matter how I felt or, you know, what happened the previous evening, if you will, <laughs> um, that I was still at the rink. 
Yeah. Because um, obviously, like I said, you know, I played 88s almost my whole my whole life. So when I was there, it was my first experience of actually, I'm playing on a team. There's 21-year-old guys on the team. Wow. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Now, when you. We, uh, you know, you're 15, 16 years old playing with guys that are that are grown men that can go do what they want to do. Yep. That was, I was going to say, how uh, you had to grow up pretty fast, did you? Sure. And uh, I, I look back at those times, man, and it, it was a blast. Like, I had a lot of fun with those older guys. Um, you know, like I said, being that age and, and being in that environment and having to, you know, I was never really good at calling it quits when I should have called it quits, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so some of those 6.37 a.m. practices were a little rough, but it, it, we always had a good time, especially, you know, when I was in Peoria, it was, it was great. And then, um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't take it back for the world. So now, How about on the ice? What was that like when you played in Peoria that first year? So it kind of took me a minute to kind of come into my my role. Um, when I started there, I was a very offensive defenseman. Um, put up some points, fought a couple of times maybe, but nothing like when I when I finally kind of recognized what my role was, like I was in Toledo. And I I think I'm sure if I didn't enjoy the uh, the scraps and the you know the fighting and kind of the I wouldn't call myself an enforcer, but, you know, just not being afraid to, to drop it. Yeah. Right. And I think that once I came into that, I probably could have played a different role in that league, uh, more of a <laughs> finesse role, if maybe at some point, um, if I would have went that route, but I just chose kind of the other route. And, and that's another thing that I, you know, I wouldn't take it back for the world. I enjoyed myself. My face got broken a couple of times, and I, you know, kept moving, kept going forward. Well, now, was that a case of where, again, your admiration for someone like Eric Lindros came into into play there? Because he was, even though he could score and he could play hockey, um, he also wasn't afraid to drop the mitts and, and mix it up. Uh, was that something that you also kind of, you, you took to that because of someone like him? Um, maybe. Um, looking back at it, I, I kind of, I would probably lean more towards it having something to do with my dad. Because uh, my dad was a pretty scrappy individual when he was playing, from what I understand. Um. You know, he used to tell stories about just putting people through gl- the glass or, you know, or whatever. And I, I thought that was cool, you know. Uh-huh. And then when I was in Peoria, I was played with a guy um, named Earl Power Murphy, if you remember that I guy. I remember him very well, yep. Um, back then, he was one of the only guys. he was probably the toughest guy in the league. Back then, he was one of the only guys that had a hyphenated name. So that's how I was able to remember him so well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he was one of the toughest guys in the league, if not the toughest guy in the league. I don't remember him ever losing a fight, and he fought every game. Um, and that's back when – and I don't know how that league looks right now, to be honest with you. But that's back when, when we were fighting a lot. <laughs> you know, it was – I wouldn't say I fought every game, but at least every weekend. Um, yeah. And 
when you when you look at somebody like Earl Power Murphy, and he's the nicest guy in the world, mm-hmm. the nicest guy in the world, and and then you know it, it's just one of those things that you see that and you see how much fun they're having, even though they're bleeding and um, and, but they're just it, it, it intrigued me almost at 16 years old, you know that that okay because even like when I played say triple a i was i was pretty scrappy and when you play triple a it's not a five minute penalty when you fight it's you're you get kicked out of the game you mm-hmm. know um but but you know watching the guys and juniors and seeing that type of stuff it was it was a lot of fun no and then uh you know obviously i came to toledo for my actually my best friend he was out here about a month ago he's also from my hometown uh bart reeves oh yeah Oh, is and he, out? he was another guy who is he out in Denver now? Who uh, would fight? No, no, he came out here for a, a conference for work. Oh, okay. So yeah, he called me, and you know, a month or two before he was coming out, and said, "Hey, I'll be out there these dates. You better be available." And I, I was. <laughs> oh man, so. I miss that guy. I did a podcast uh, not too long ago with his brother, so uh, with Brett, so. Um, and oh, you did. Yeah, I did. So if you go on the web page, uh, it'll it'll oh, that's it'll awesome. take you over there to all the different podcasts that I've done with all the different guys from different eras and stuff, and you'll find a few familiar names. Uh, but um, anywho, uh, I I was gonna what was I gonna oh I was gonna ask you, um, did you were you uh, a uh, I mean, obviously, you know, fighting and mixing it up and being tough uh, was pretty much your calling card as you went through juniors. But uh, was there any time in that first year in Peoria where you saw a time like whether it be penalty killing, power play, anything special teams? Sure. Like I said, when I first came into the league, I I was – a pretty offensive defenseman. Um, I'd like to rush the puck, and that's what I did my whole, you know, younger career or whatever, playing youth hockey in AAA, is I, I rush the puck, and I, you know, I shoot the puck, I can handle the puck, and I, like I said, I mean, I was I was better when I was 15 than probably I was when I was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got into the league, I played a lot of, um, of those situations, more so the power play um, than anything else. And then, you know, just like I said, my my game kind of transformed um, to something different. And, you know, as I said a couple of moments ago is, is uh, you know, I probably could have taken on a different role if that's what I ch- would have chose to do. Uh, but I think I enjoyed it. You know, I think I enjoyed being able to to back up teammates, um, you know, to to scrap and, and just, you know, I, I was. I was into it, <laughs> you know, at that point I was into it. So, you know, I was okay with playing however many games it was in the 40 games or whatever it was in the, one of those seasons um, and, and getting 25 points as opposed to getting 60, you know, I mean, I, I was okay with that at that point, as long as I had, um, you know, 150 penalty minutes, I, I was, I was good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, so, what was it that ended up putting you to Toledo? Bart, Bart Reeves. Um, 
I was obviously in Peoria the year before. Um, and Bart wanted me to come to Toledo. So I went to training camp with the Springfield Junior Blues in the NA that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the coach back then was uh, Polis um, in Springfield. And that's my hometown. You know, obviously, it's been a dream of mine to play for Springfield at some point um, as I was growing up, you know. Um, and Polis, he loved it. I mean, he wanted me to play there that set that following year. But what he wanted me to do was move out east and play another year of AAA because I still had my AAA eligibility because he had a buddy who coached a team out east. Um, I don't remember what league it was in, um, but he wanted me to go out there and play another year of AAA. And I told him, you know, give me a couple of days to think about it, talk to my dad, figure out exactly what it is that I want to do. Because at that point, playing juniors in Toledo or Peoria is a four-hour, five-hour drive from Toledo to Springfield. Mm -hmm. That's not a big deal. Moving out to Buffalo, New York, or wherever the hell it was, um, was going to be a big change, you know, at at 17 years old or 18 years old, whatever it was at that point. Um, So then I start talking to Bart, and Bart says, come out here. Come to Toledo. And I was like, So I thought about it for a couple of days, and I remember specifically after training camp, I was actually at Bart's lake house, and I called Polis, and I was like, hey, you know, I'd like like to sit down with you this week and kind of go over what my options are. Because his thing was, go play out east for, you know, two months, and then come back to Springfield and play with us. Uh, You know, and it and at that point, I mean, it sounds like looking back in retrospect, that might have been better for my overall career. Um, however, I, uh, I I decided I opted to come come play in Toledo with Bart, and uh, that's just what it did. That's I mean, that's exactly what brought me. So I, I ended up coming in. It was after training camp because obviously the NA training camp had already ended, um, and came back to or came to Toledo, and basically had a. I don't know if it was a tryout, you know, a couple weeks and uh, Duncan signed me and, and I, I ran with it, you know, for a couple of years there when I was in Toledo and, and I had a great time in Toledo as well. Yeah. But yeah, that first year with Bart, that was, that was awesome. Cause I'd grown up, you know, we grew up in the same town, um, had always been friends. He's a couple of years older than I was. Mm-hmm. So we only played on the same team as we were younger a couple of times. Cause when I was like, my age, I played squirts mm-hmm. prior to going and playing AAA. So I was on his team when, when I was young, um, prior, like I said, prior to going to St. Louis to play AAA. And, and so moving there and playing with Bart was, was something that ultimately caught my attention. You know, uh, I can go play with my buddy or I can move to the far east coast by myself. Yeah, I'm going to go live with my buddy. Now, when when you played with them, uh, like midget AAA and stuff, uh, did, was he like the scrapper and the, the one hit wonder when it came to fighting, uh, then that he was with Toledo? Was he a tough guy? So, like I said, I didn't play with him, um, much growing up, but we just knew who each other oh, were. Okay. I thought, um, there's only a, okay. I got you now. 
we only played like one year or two years together when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, yeah, but to answer your question, yes. I mean, we knew each other well enough. There's only a handful of people um, from Springfield that ever really did much with hockey. Um, not saying that, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm wasn't playing in the show, but they really did anything at all, you know, went on to play um, any higher level than just, you know, Springfield or, you know, there's obviously a few guys that, uh, you know, went on to play juniors or, you know, and, and that's about the extent of it. So for guys that, that did end up doing that, we all knew each other, mm-hmm. right? So with with Bart, we were close enough in age to where we knew each other and we played had played together kind of a couple of times. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, he was a scrapper, man. He uh, he was always a tough kid, and it's because he grew up with Brett. Obviously, you know Brett. And then they have a he has another older brother named Mark. And those guys just used to beat the piss out of him when we were growing up, <laughs> you know. So he had he had no choice but to but to be um, the toughest guy in the room. And just like I said about Earl Power Murphy, he's the nicest guy in the room as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, so and, just one of those things that, you know, just because you're a tough guy on the ice doesn't mean you got to be a tough guy off the yeah, ice. And what's funny is that he was not the biggest kid by any stretch. I mean, to quote the movie Rudy. Me and Barter about the same size. Oh, I well, maybe now, but back then. He was like five foot nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I me and. And he was a hundred and nothing. I don't know about that, man. Dude, he wasn't. He wasn't <laughs> even. He's always been about. about... Was he even a buck fifty? Was that? he even a buck fifty? Yeah, I, he's he's probably five ten right now, and even back then, he hasn't changed size much at all um, since he was twenty. Um, but I'd say he's five ten, one hundred and seventy pounds. He might have been 150, 160 back then. I was going to say, because he was wafer thin back then. And, but he, but yeah. he had, he had hands that could drop you in zero flat. I'll give him that. Yep. And you, you could sit there and punch him in the face 30 times. Yeah. And he just laugh at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's go. Keep come going. On. My brother's hit me more Better than this, <laughs> you know? But, oh, absolutely. So, but uh, absolutely. But I mean that that kid, uh, without a doubt, probably some of the hardest hitting hands I ever seen. And for a guy is like I said, he wasn't six two two twenty five. So the fact that he was able to do what he did at his size and you what you did, I mean, I know you know. Um, no one was confusing you with Bob Probert by any stretch, but the fact was is that you were still, no. but you were still, the thing is, Jay, you were still a tough guy. And the thing you did really well was you always stood up for your teammates. And I really always appreciated that. And I know they did too, because they always knew they, that you had their back. And there's a, there's something about that that gives guys a sense of confidence and a, uh, a good feeling of being able to um, take ch- uh, more chances of doing things because they know that they can look back there and see number three is going to take care of me, you know, if, if, if something goes south. 
So, you know. Sure, and there's got to be that guy on the roster. I mean, back then, anyways, like I said, I don't know how that league's structured now. I know that even, like, at the higher levels, I mean, they're not fighting as much. But in that league, we fought, you know, and that's – um yeah, they don't – You know, one of those things that if you don't have somebody on your roster that's going to do that, you're in yeah, trouble. They don't fight anywhere near what we used to, not even close. So, but um, still, it's it's still a fun – you know, like I said, it's, uh, you know, back then, I mean, we you just knew there was, you know, people – I mean, people would uh, – uh, during warm-ups, players would go over and, and talk to other players to arrange fights and everything. Yeah, they don't see that anymore. But uh, it's still, you know what I mean? I'm, I love those days. You know, I, I still think of those days fondly. And, uh, you know, I always still have a good laugh about that. Sure. And stuff. But um, now, when you came to Toledo, uh, what was, do you remember what it was like when you first went into that locker room? Was there anyone you knew besides Bart? I mean, I. Uh... Thinking back, I, I'm not sure. I was still pretty young at that point, so it's not like I played with many of those guys. You know, it's not something that I played growing up with those those guys. So, I mean, I think I, I originally I walked in the locker room, and uh, and I I walked in with Bart. You know, so I mean, it was almost like a family reunion for him. Um, and then you know, I was just his his buddy from back home that kind of knew how to play hockey you know so it was uh it was just one of those things I, I don't really remember knowing anybody in particular um but we all had a good time you know obviously you walk into any locker yeah. room um and you know you're gonna get to know some guys obviously I played against a lot of them um Higgins uh Avangale you know those guys that that were on that roster the year before when I was in Peoria oh, yeah. Tommy Higgins Corey Abaglen. Oh, um, who else? Um, yep. There were some good guys. Yeah. And then the other guy who I actually became really, really close with was Tony Petrak, who was the backup goalie mm-hmm. that year. Um, he actually uh, moved in with me for two summers in a row in Springfield when we went uh-huh. back home. Um, I had like a little condo or whatever. Um, in Springfield during the summers and he slept on the couch. <laughs> you know, yep. I mean, he, he was there now. Cause he went, uh, cause he's a Chicago kid too. So his family wasn't far. Okay. Cause what, wasn't he originally like, uh, uh, in Grand Rapids? No, I think he, no, he ended up going, getting traded to Grand Rapids. Yeah. But I thought his, I met, cause I met his parents because his dad had a real thick accent oh sure 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 yeah so he yeah they they are czech um yeah his and his dad's a monster too he's a great dude um right yeah so he i think he like i don't remember the exact details um maybe his mom was from chicago or something but i do remember when he would come back to springfield um in chicago so his mom was living in Chicago, but I believe he grew up in Chicago, moved to Grand Rapids at some point, 
played in Toledo and then got traded to Grand Rapids, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe he never ended up playing in Grand Rapids, but I believe he did. Yeah, I know he did afterwards because when he got traded, uh, when Dunk traded him to uh, Grand Rapids, I kept in touch with them for like that, the rest of that season and just asking him, you know, how things were going. And he's like, you know, we don't win much. He said, but, you know, I, I, I see a lot of shots and I'm actually getting better. So, you know, he was, you know, he was, he was like, okay with it and everything, you know, sure. but, uh, yeah, I just remember his dad was, uh, his dad was a character, man. That guy, that guy used to put, make me laugh because he would, uh, he would like, you know, yell at the boys, you know, you know, don't, don't mess with uh, any, anybody or anything and, or don't be, don't be messing with my wife and that kind of stuff. And I mean, he would just, uh, he, he would crack me up. Oh yeah. But, uh, but Tony was a great guy. Oh, for Tony... sure. And he would, like I said, I went to their house for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would go to their house. When, when we were in Toledo together, I'd go to their house for Thanksgiving because obviously Grand Rapids is closer than Springfield. Um, and if we had like a day, you know, it's easier to jump in the car and drive to Grand Rapids than it is to go to Springfield and then try to make it back to practice the following day. Um, but yeah, no, he was, I haven't talked to him in a while, um, but he, he, was, he was a character too. I've always said that goalies are the weirdest people in, in the locker room, and somehow my best friends on almost every team I've played for are the goalies. So. <laughs> I wonder, hmm, I wonder why. Anyway, no, but uh, I just think that it's... Yeah, I wonder who the weird one is, actually. Right? I wasn't saying that. Anyhow, um, but I I just think that... Um, it just, <laughs> um, I just think it's funny that, you know... Uh, guys like Tony, because Tony was a great goaltender. I was really shocked when Dunk traded him, but um, great, yeah, you know. But um, now, uh, do you st- uh, when um, that first year, uh, what year was that? Do you remember what seasons you played? Oh seven, oh eight, oh nine. There's oh seven, oh eight, oh eight, oh nine, and then half the oh nine ten season. Okay. And then got traded to Butte. Gotcha. Okay. Um, because I remember, I think it was uh, was it the first year you played that we went to Dubuque for uh, Herster? Yeah. yeah because that so. was like the year that uh, I think we had like um. Was that the, or was it the first or was that, was that the second year? Because we had like Frank the Tank, uh, Matt. That was the second year. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was Frank the Tank, Matiak. Uh, that was, um, i trying to think who else was on that team. Brandon Bolter. I've got another name for you if you don't Go mention for it. it. Yep. Who do you got? Ryan Wall. Oh my goodness, yes. The man beast from Florida. Ryan Wall. Yep. The man beast from Florida, buddy. That guy. Yeah. So he's still a great friend of mine. Oh, as well. you still keep in touch with him? I, uh, I, uh, oh, absolutely. We go to Vail every year and meet up, meet up in Vail. Uh, then he, he's a firefighter down in Tampa now. Wow. That's unbelievable. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but he, um, Actually, when we both got done playing, 
you know, after Toledo, we're probably 21. I'm 21 years old. I moved to Vail. Um, the following year, he moved to Vail for a season. And we lived together. And so now, every year, he goes to Vail to go skiing, and I go up for the weekend to meet him. Wow. Well, you're going to have to tell him about this and tell him to get a hold of me because I want to do a podcast with him. I'm sure he could uh, he could curl my hair with some stories that he's got. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, our stories are probably the same. I'm trying to keep it mellow. <laughs> uh, I appreciate it, but uh, don't be afraid to, to, to uh, spill out one or two relatively decent stories. Um, but because um, I want to know the ex- I want to know the experience <laughs> too of you know of what it was like back then. But um, now, when I mean, obviously, you know, Wally was uh, was uh, he was great to have in town. He was a hilarious guy i mean and he also looked about 10 years older than he was uh which i'm sure he probably took full advantage of but uh um now when when you came i took full advantage of him looking 10 years older too (laughs) oh man i'm not surprised jay no he he was the he was the best man i have no doubt he was the best teammate. He was the best friend you could ask for. Um, I never, I'll never forget when he walked in the locker room the first time because he got traded to us from. Shoot, where was it? Um, you know, I'll think of it at some point. But this is one story that that is will never get old to me. I tell it to this day. Okay. Um, Tarsh walks up and goes, hey, we just acquired a new fighter. He's coming in from, like I said, I don't remember exactly where. Um, so he's, we, he, we traded for him. He's coming in. He said, you're going to fight him at practice. I said, sure, man, I'll go him. Um, so I'm in the locker room sitting in my stall just, you know, what shooting the shit with the guys. And Wally walks in. <laughs> and I look up and I'm like, I'm like, oh, oh my shit. gosh because i knew who he was because the previous year when i was in peoria remember where he was at um playing somewhere else and he fought a guy uh on peoria named cal getchman okay. and cal getchman was a big boy as well and uh wally dotted him up um and so then I'm sitting there. He walks in. I don't remember exactly who it was. It may have been Bane or Bubba or some one of those guys that's was a young guy, um, skilled, small, um, was in the stall next mm-hmm. to me. And Wall walks in and tells him to pack his stuff and move to a different stall because he's sitting next to Clark. <laughs> so I'll, I'll just never forget. He, uh, he starts to go to get dressed, right? And he pulls his jeans off. He's got a pink thong on under his oh jeans. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I lost it. You're like, what do you say to that? You know, I'm like, <laughs> it, it was the funniest moment maybe in, in my locker room history as far as, like, him going in there and doing exactly what he did. He had it calculated the entire time. Good night. So... I mean, that's exactly where we first hit it off. Obviously, I did not fight him at practice. Thank the <laughs> Lord. Um, but, you know, I, we probably, 
that night, I remember he rode with me to the gym. He didn't have a car. So he rode with me to the gym. Um, and then we went out and had a couple of sodas ourselves. Um, and from that moment on, him and I were pretty much inseparable for the rest of the remainder of that season. Uh, and like I said, still to this day, is, is a great friend of mine. And um, it's just you meet those, you, you get those relationships with play. You know, we're together all the time. You know, we're at the rink together. We're at the gym together. We're at the bar together. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, then you got to keep in mind at this point, that this is my second year in Toledo. I'm 19 years old. Um, well, did you make the, you know, the uh, and looking back at it. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, did you guys ever make just looking back at it? It's like, how do we get? Go ahead. Go ahead. Nick. Sorry. That we did back then. It was it was. Uh, it was crazy. It was awesome. Yes. Now, did you guys um, ever like go up over the border and uh, cause a little mayhem there? For sure. <laughs> For sure, um, especially once I turned 19, halfway through that season, because um, I I remember one time I went over the we went over the border, coming back I lost my ID in Canada. Oh no! And so we're in the back. I'm in the far back of an S far back of an SUV. We're at the casino or whatever. I don't know what the hell happened to it. Um, but we're in the casino. And then we get in the car, and I don't remember who else was with us. There was a group of, uh, it was probably three or four of us, the older guys. Um, and we're on our way back over the border. So I'm laying down in the back seat of the SUV or the far back of the SUV, just hoping to God that the Border Patrol doesn't see me. They saw me. And it was a process. We had to pull over, go into the little thing, try to prove my identity. You know, I mean, it was a, it was a nightmare. Um, but ultimately, they let us go, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just one of those things like that could have been a lot worse. But it was just a funny situation, actually, looking back on it in retrospect, like. How, how does that even happen? Like, if I would have just been honest with the people, they might have just said, just get back to Toledo, you idiots. <laughs> yeah, right. But we were, we were 19 years old. We're scared. We're crossing the border. Mm-hmm. So and that was back, obviously, before you had to have a passport to go That's anywhere. True. So. And, and then on top of it, once you get into Michigan, you know, you're, you're back to 21. So it's like, hello. Yeah. Right. And I remember, um, so, so wall was a year older than I was as well. Um, so I now looking back on it. Yeah. So I was probably 19 because I turned 20 halfway through that season. Um, and we went up to the MGM grand in Detroit for wall's birthday. Mm-hmm. And I parked my car. Um, at the, uh, at somewhere, I don't know. I, I thought I parked it in a, a good parking spot, but the next morning when we're getting ready to get, leave the hotel, we leave the hotel. It's me, wall and Tim Hurst. Oh my. And, uh, and somehow, uh, I don't know how, but we all ended up in the casino. You know, we're 19 years old. Wall's mm-hmm. 21. Um, and then the next morning, we are leaving and my car's towed. Oh no. So you gotta keep, you gotta keep in mind, we don't have jobs. You know, we probably spent a thousand dollars the night before. 
and we're like, we don't have money to get the car out of tow. Oh, no. You know? Oh, wow. So it's like, and, and at this point, it's noon. It, it's probably noon. And uh, we had a couple of, of girls with us that were driving us around trying to find the car um, and figure out where it's towed to. Um, you know, and in the meantime, me and Wall are probably on the pair, on, on the phone with our dads, like, hey, we, you got to somehow get us some money so we can get this car out of tow so we can make it to practice by four o'clock and it's going on one. Oh, no. <laughs> you know? Oh, no. Uh, but that's another one of those stories that was, you know, leaving out a lot of details. But we, you know, like I said, me and Wall, we were together um, from the time we woke up in the morning ranks to the time we were going out doing whatever it was we were doing that mm-hmm. night um him, him and i were now the were attached well, now the big question um, is is uh, that did you guys make it to practice at four we did we did somehow as as pissed off as my dad was um i, I believe he sent me the money to get my car out of the tow yard um and he was a little upset because I think that the credit card bill from the previous night um, <laughs> probably got maxed out. Um, but, and that's why I was having trouble getting the car out of tow in the first place, if I remember correctly, is because, uh, well, this isn't going through this oh, time. No. So, um, oh, no. But, yeah, just just one of those things, one of those trips, man, where, you know, it was, we had to do it. It was Wally's 21st birthday. We went up there to wing it. You know, we're going to Detroit. We're not in Toledo anymore. It's not like we can walk in anywhere we want and they know who we are. You know, um, you actually got to try to finagle your way into these places up there. So, oh, man. So that was that. That was a good. That was a good season. I don't want to say it was my favorite season in Toledo, but overall, it may have been because we. Um. You know, we burnt it to the filter in Toledo <laughs> that year. I mean, oh, Jay. It was it was a great now, time. Who are some of the other funny guys that were in, on that team? Do you remember so, any of the other, like, uh, whether they were practical jokers or, or just playing crazy goofballs? I mean, obviously, there's guys like Bane and, um, and Bubba that, that you can't help but love and they're funny, but they're not, they weren't like mm-hmm. us, yeah, if you I gotcha. will. <laughs> you know, they were more um, oriented around hockey and they wanted to continue to do that. And as were we, I don't want to say that we weren't, but we also wanted to have a good time. So those guys were more um, characters around the locker room or uh, things like that. But, you know, between Tony and uh, Wall, those were the guys that I spent the majority of my time with, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we, uh, we had a good time and in the locker room. I mean, I just remember, cause you know, once we're at the rink, it's business, you know, it's yeah. for, to me. Um, and then what we do away from the rink was always kind of just, you know, that was on us at that point. But when I get to the rink, I, I, I like to, you know, keep it light, but at the same time, I, I was, pretty hyped up most of the time if you remember correctly i still see um some of these like old pictures from when i was in toledo and every one of them i just look like i'm the most intense person on the planet (laughs) but at the end of the day i I look back i think back and how and i'm like i I really wasn't (laughs) you know i you know just one of those things but but 
but I mean, um, everybody. But yeah, I mean, that was a great group of guys. So the thing was, Jay, of all those guys, and I mean, on the team, it was different. Everyone loved them for different reasons. But the people that surrounded the team, I mean, like, uh, like Jay, you know, the equipment manager, um, their uh, Brandy, you know, uh, all those, sure. all those folks, you know, Bobo. I mean, the the guy they remember the most, hands down, is you. And like I said, you were just one of those. You were, uh, uh, you were just an energy guy. You know, I mean, you weren't the most energetic, but you knew how to get people fired up and you got, whether it was getting them PO'd or, or getting them sure. to, you know, to get jacked up to go and, you know, let's go, you know, whatever you people remember you. I mean, yeah, they remember your, your, yeah. your time away from the ring too, a little bit, but they remember also, you know, again, the energy that you brought and, and, uh, I think didn't you lose a tooth in a fight and you had the you you lost one chiclet I think Sure I I lost that in um so I I chipped one in or in Teoria the mm -hmm. previous year and then I um and then when I was in Toledo obviously um I don't think it was a fight I was actually I actually remember it, it was on the power play and I remember that I got the puck on the blue line. I walked across the blue line, and the one of the guys killing the penalty tried to lift my stick. I believe it was in Grand Rapids or Metro, one of the two, somewhere up in Michigan. Um, and he missed my stick and hit me in the face. I didn't notice. I walked across the blue line, took a shot, and then kind of continued the shift, honestly. And then from there, I get back to the bench you're missing a chiclet. And I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? Dude? And then it, it wasn't until that moment that I realized my whole face, my whole visor or my halfy was covered in blood. Oh my. And I'm like, Oh shoot. <laughs> and so, um, I go to the locker room obviously and just check it out or whatever. I obviously played the rest of the game. It's just a tooth. It's not like I, you know, broke a bone or anything like that. Um, but, but yeah, I did. I did lose that. That's that's a I fact. I just remember that. I still actually have a flipper to this day. <laughs> I remember that very well, and I just didn't remember how you lost it. I just remember you lost one, and uh, you know, just uh, it, how it just was so striking. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jay, you all right? You know, like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, big old big old grin there with that that little broken window there, and yeah. you know, but uh, it was that was something else, man. Now, um. Now, so you play uh, two and a half seasons in Toledo, and you go to Dubuque. Uh, what what was that transition sure. like? It was good, man. Um, I I I enjoyed Dubuque. I wasn't there for the rest of the season. I did kind of hurt my ankle, um, I, and I, I just never really came back. I kept trying to play on it. It never really kind of recovered. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. You know, that was a good group of guys up there, too. Um, and Coombs, the coach, uh, was was great. He, uh, he was an energy guy, too. Another one of those guys that's um, pretty mean, 
in certain, certain situations. But I'll never forget. So when I drove from Toledo to – I drove from Toledo to Springfield, stayed like one night at my parents' house or something, and then drove to Dubuque. Um, I got there on a Friday morning after, you know, you know midday and played that night. Um, that following Saturday morning, um, there was a picture of me and Coppersmith fighting on the front page of the Dubuque paper. Um, and so that was pretty cool. Also, I mean, it was, it was a, cause that town is pretty yeah. small and they don't have any other, um, yeah, either pro teams or any kind of, you know, they don't have any entertainment, uh, the, the, yep. we were it. So those games get pretty rowdy. I know that you've been oh, to yeah. a few of those, um, you know, but when there's 6,000 people in the game and you're 20 years old, you feel like you're. You know, playing yeah, in the World in the Series, NHL you know, in the Stanley yeah. Cup, if that, you know, so if that makes sense. Right. So it was a good experience, man. I had a lot of fun in Dubuque. Um, also kind of continued my, my antics, if you will, when I got there. Um, but I had a great time. I mean, everybody, uh, everybody welcomed me with open arms. And that's the type of town, man, that, that you uh, – that you can't walk through Walmart without seeing somebody that's wearing a Dubuque Thunderbirds jersey or having somebody with their kid walk up and get your autograph. Or, I mean, it was it was a crazy, crazy little town that, yeah. you know, if you look back at, like, some of those old school, like, high school football movies where that's all there is in the town. Everybody loves that little football team, you know. That's how it is. That's the only thing I can yep. really compare I it understand. to. I um, understand. You know, where the – where the uh, the high school football players eat for free at the restaurants, if you will, you know, that type of thing. And it was cool. It was a cool experience. Um, and and I, I enjoyed it uh, for the amount of time mm-hmm. I was there um, prior to moving back yep. home. So yeah. uh, where where did you – did you play hockey anywhere else after, or did you hang them up at that point? Yeah, so I went, ended up going – um to chicago and playing what's i don't even know if this league's around anymore um uh, playing in what was called the all-american league no it's well let's put it this way which was like a single a yeah. pro league let's put it this way from the ashes of that it morphed in it morphed into another uh league uh and then after it that died it died a horrible death again it like two or three times it died and then uh, somebody from that 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 league yeah. helped put together what we now know as the Federal Prospects Hockey League. Okay, so not quite yeah, the federal league. It was like below the federal league, but from the ashes of it uh, came the federal league. Sure. So uh, there was sure. So not to not to backtrack mm-hmm. too much. But there's there's that final season yes. in Toledo. Please do. Um, I brought my buddy. Uh, my brought I brought my buddy Elmo with. Oh me, yeah, Justin Elmore. Um, and so he was a guy who. Um. With the we went to high school together. Okay. You know he. Uh, 
I just remember he walked up to me one day and said, Hey, you're Jay Clark. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I was just like, I don't, I'm sorry. I can't place you. And he's like, I, oh, I play hockey too. And I was like, Oh, cool. And we were, they've been best friends ever since, you know, a lot, most of my best friends in this world, um, with the exception of probably two or three stem from obviously the game of hockey. Um, but I just had to bring that moment or that mm-hmm. up as well, just because of the fact that, you know, I wouldn't feel right doing this internet or interview that, yeah, <laughs> without mentioning him. Um, but he, he actually went out and played some pro. He came to Chicago with me, played in the all American league. Um, he, that didn't last long, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, and then uh, he ended up going out and playing um, on the East coast. When I moved to Vail, he played mm-hmm. on the East coast. Um, and I just remember one day I'm living in Vail. He calls me and he's like, dude, I just got cut. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, we'll move to Vail. He drove his happy ass all the way across the country, literally almost all the way across the country. And he's still out here to this day. Um, He lived in Vail with me for years. I moved to Denver in 2017. um, And then he moved down about a year and a half ago. Um, So, that's another guy that that played in Toledo that obviously I had a really close connection with. But he wasn't a goalie. Um, hey. <laughs> and he stayed after I went to Dubuque. I know. I know it. Um, so he – but, yeah, he, he lives in Denver right now with his wife that he met in Toledo. Awesome. Um, so it's uh, – yeah, so he – yeah, we see each other quite a bit. Um Obviously, we both have our careers and our, our lives, uh, but um, I'd say once or twice a week, him and I get together, and whether it be play golf or um, sit in one of our living rooms or, you know, I mean, who knows, yeah. just what, whatever goes. But, um, yeah, that's another guy. And then there's one other guy that from Toledo, before we get past Toledo, that I would feel horrible without mentioning. Um, one of the greatest guys maybe I've ever met. Um, but his name is Charlie Strange, <laughs> and he was my equipment manager the first oh, year. Yeah. I remember Chucky very well. You know, uh, Chuck. Yeah, so I uh, I still keep in touch yeah, with Chuck as well. He, he, I, I see him every once in a while, uh, but uh, he and I have always been friends. We've always gotten along great, and uh, I, I have nothing but good things to say about him. He, he he's, he's a piece of work, man. That's, that's, I, that's the best way I can describe him is he is a piece of work and uh i really like i said we've always gotten along we're both big kentucky kentucky guys and uh so um you know so i can appreciate him uh, him a ton yeah and stuff uh he he was always he was just always there i actually yeah he was i mean he worked at the rank he worked for for our, our organization he was our equipment manager um, that first year, uh, and then again, the second year, and this may be because nobody else wanted to billet Jay Clark anymore. Um, I lived with Chucky my second year, or my, yeah, okay. my second year. Oh my. Or it may have been my, th- it may have been my third year. It was actually my third year. I, I lived with and, Chuck. And, and you both survived. 
<laughs> we, we both survived. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that was, that was, that was fun. That was a good, that was a good time living with Chuck and obviously having um, some good guys there. Um, Cause I just remember the, the previous year, like when wall was there, we used to go over and hang uh -huh. out at Chuck's house. Um, and then the next year trying to figure out where I'm going to live. And it almost got to the point where Duncan was just going to be like, all right, Clark, just get an apartment, you know? Um, but Chuck stepped up and, and I, I moved in with him and it, it was great, man. We have always had a good relationship from the time of that first year when I was with Bart, because he was buddies with Bart from the previous years. Um, and then when Bart was gone, I just kind of took over that, that position, that role of, you know, Chuck's buddy, you know, around the rink. We used to go help him out at the rink and, you know, so he'd get out of there earlier and all sorts of stuff, man. He was, he was one of those guys that, that you can never mm -hmm. forget and nor would yeah, I want that's to. That's true. So, like I said, I, I keep in touch with him to a certain extent, a couple times a year, talk to him, <laughs> excuse me, whether it be on Facebook or, you know, how, however we communicate at that particular time. But um, yeah, so I just, I had to mention him because we kind of zoomed past that, that first and second year mm -hmm. um, without me mentioning him, uh, Chuck. So I just wanted to make sure that I, very I got good, that piece Very good, in. sir. Now, uh, now, is there anyone else that you want to mention before we move on? And that's cool that you do. I'm glad that you, because that's people. You know, I'm sure that I'm sure. I was saying that it's, that it's another thing about you. It proves my point that you were always a good teammate because you remember people. You don't want to forget people or just take it for granted. We just blow by this and it be all about you because it's not. And you and you realize this, and that's why so many people uh, gravitated towards you, was because you're that way. You know, you you included other people, and uh, whether it was Wally, whether it was Elmo, uh, whoever, whether it was TP and Chucky. You know, I mean, there were guys that you always included and you always remembered, and you know that's part of being a really good teammate. And that's why I'm glad you're doing this because, you know, this is just kind of proves the point that you are a good teammate. Um, now, before we move past Toledo, then um, let me uh, let sure. me wind up with this uh, for the Toledo part. And that is, uh, what do you remember about playing for Duncan Tarsh? Like I said earlier in the, in the interview here, it's uh it was always like Dunk was kind of tense. Um, obviously, me and Dunk always had some good laughs. Um, me being in the role that I was in on that that team, um, you know, I he, he kind of—I don't want to say he let me get away with things, but he kind of let me get away with things, you know, um, that maybe others wouldn't have. Um, There's times where, at that point in time. Um, I believe me, DJ Fisher, and Elmore were on a line together. Um, and Duncan walked into a house. I won't mention which house or anything like that, but walked into a house and he said the first thing he had to do was step over a beer bong. And this is on a Thursday or Friday night when we had a game the next day. 
it had to have been a Thursday night, Friday morning when he came in because I remember him pulling us mm-hmm. in the locker room and saying he walked in the house and the first thing he did was had to step over a beer bong. Um, and he said, you guys are playing tonight. If you do not play well, you are not playing tomorrow. And uh, needless to say, we didn't play all that well. Um, and we did, he, he did not dress us the next night, mm-hmm. which was unheard of. Um, but to, to touch on Tarsh, uh, there was another guy who, who came um, later on in that second season uh, named Sal Ragusa. I remember Sal. If you remember Sal. Short little uh, guy. And he lived mm-hmm. with Tarsh. Yeah, great hockey player, little guy, quick, good shot. Yeah, he was a very, very skilled player. Um, and he was also tough as nails. Um, he, so he lived with, with Tarsha. And, and so I spent some time over at Tarsha's house, you know, eating dinners and stuff like that because me and Sal um, uh-huh. were, were pretty close. You know, we, we spent some time together in our time um, while we were there. And so, but Tarsh, like I said, you know, Duncan was always kind of the, I would say disciplinarian um, and, and Tarsh was always kind of lighthearted, but I don't want to give him too much credit because he lost his mind a few times, obviously in the three years I was there, Uh but he knew how to, uh, to reel it in and, um, and make sure that we all knew he cared, (laughs) you know, at the end of the day. So, um, that's kind of the. The difference between the two, um, you know, but, you know, Duncan was always, you know, like, I mean, he's the head coach, like kind of what I discussed earlier about, you know, the head coach is supposed to be there to make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Um, the assistant can kind of be your buddy at times and make sure that it's a little bit lighthearted, but at the same time, you know, make sure that you're also doing what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, so those were the kind of the mixtures of, Quite frankly, most of my teams that I played for always had that dynamic where the head coach was, was you know, the Ian, yeah. the Duncan type. The coach was more like the Tarsh or, you know, the Thornton where, where it's, you know, a little bit more lighthearted. You can laugh with them. You can hang out with them a little bit, you know, as opposed to um, kind of being scared to run <laughs> into the guy. Oh, yeah, that's true. But uh, I just – Tarsh, I remember always being the guy that, uh, of course, he was uh, into music like nobody's business. Uh, big Rush fan. and um, Very, yep. very into music. Yeah. Yep. It was funny because he and I, I mean, we never really talked a ton on the bus about music. We would talk about the, we'd talk about hockey. We'd, uh, talk, we'd talk with Dunk. And, of course, Dunk wasn't really a big music guy. So we'd talk about hockey and sports and whatever together but uh like tarsh and i never broke up but the thing was is that we were both huge music fans and i remember one time we uh i had my laptop up and we were talking about something about music and i had a uh, he had a flash drive so i said well here on my hard drive i got a bunch of music on there and he went in there and he took uh, he took some songs and stuff he's like wow i didn't know you had this doom boom boom and it was like, I wish we would have connected more in terms of music because, uh, you know, we both had similar tastes, you know, and uh, 
likes like some stuff and me him and doc the the team doc dan hoffman uh we're all mu are all music junkies we're all big yeah yeah he stitched me up a yeah. number of times yeah he sure did um and uh he's yeah he's a piece of work man uh the doc is he's one of my uh one of the people i love the most uh when it comes to that organization uh, i mean i love them all don't get me wrong but he's the one that i sort of uh lured to the dark side to come to get him to to uh try and uh be you know work with this team and uh you know he because he worked at the hospital i worked at so we knew each other from there first and then then it it, it uh, bled over to hockey uh so to speak but uh so anyway um but now after dubuque you had a cup of coffee in chicago uh so you moved to Vail, yeah and you start uh your yep. regular life um did you still play like pickup or beer league or anything so yeah i mean the first year we played in a beer league or i played in a beer league um a few years a, a year or two after i moved there they they brought a team in um called the uh Vale yeti um basically it, a I don't even want to say semi-pro, but that's what they consider it. It's a uh, traveling men's team with a bunch of ex-washed-up pro college mm -hmm. junior guys um, that tra travel all over the country and play other washed-up ex-pro junior <laughs> college guys. <laughs> um, and so that that was fun. That, that was um, – I don't want to say the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. But it was a good time. <laughs> but it's up there because it was light. You're right. So, you know, we're the, the veiled rank, which is called the Dobson center is packed to the gills every Friday and Saturday night. Wow. Um, every lifty ski shop, restaurant person, um, in town is at those games still to this day. I almost been trying, almost going to drive up there this winter and play. And uh, he's been trying to get me back on the ice. I haven't skated in two years, probably, to be honest with you. So go back and have um, some fun. But, yeah, that, that was a great experience because, yes, I, I know. I, I know. He's, he's trying. He's, he's really I'm, making a I'm, good I'm point. I'm going to encourage um, you. Go. But absolutely. I, and that's, you know, that's just something that, um, I need to do obviously for me, but prior to doing that, I need to get on the ice, obviously. Um, so that team is a group of guys anywhere from 19 to 40. <laughs> um, and it's a blast. I mean, we've got guys on that team that have played D one American league. Um, you know, and every level in between. Um, and it's great because, yeah, I moved there to start my real life, but quite frankly, that wasn't originally the plan. The plan was I got done playing hockey on 22 and talking to my dad, like, well, what am I going to do with my life? Like, I thought this was going to be it, right? <laughs> Obviously, it wasn't. Um, and he just said, hey, man, go do whatever you want to do for a year. 
I said, I don't care if you want to go sit on a beach in Hawaii or go sit in a mountain town somewhere. And I've been skiing my whole life, almost as long as I've been playing hockey. So I said, you know what? I'm going to move to Vail. My sister lives in Vail. Um, so I, I just literally picked up one day, packed my car um, with all my stuff, my dog, and drove to Vail. You know, 48 hours after I made the decision, um, called a buddy of mine that uh, I was really close to then, called him and said, hey, all my stuff's in my house. Get it all into storage and let me know what I owe you. I'm leaving. And literally left, you know, like I said, 36 to 48 hours later. Um, got a job at a ski shop. Loved it. Skied every day. Uh, and then... It was two, maybe the third year after that, I met a guy um, who owned a company called Cleary Capital Group. Um, and he was basically in um, real estate equity. Um, so I met him. He needed someone just like me with, you know, my whole family's got a real estate background. I know a little bit about everything. No, I'm kidding, but I know a little mm -hmm. bit about it. Um, so he was looking for someone like me and I met him and we hit it off. Um, and that's another guy, like I went to dinner with him three nights ago, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's crazy how I keep in touch with some of these guys, but, um, you know, this is probably 2012, 2013. And I worked him for, with him for a number of years and kind of learned the business. We started an application, uh, for mountain towns and resort areas. Um, that kind of took off for a while and then didn't really didn't stick, if you will. Um, and then when I moved to Denver, it was kind of putting everything that in, in the past, in the back, in the rear view. So um, that's kind of when I would say, you know, my real life started. And, and now I'm in Denver, you know, I, I love it. And this is more like a real life than the Vail. Vail's a wonderland. You know, it's a resort town. It's, you know, fully acceptable to go out all the time and do everything. You know, Denver's more, um, you know, it's, it's more like real life. You know, I got an office downtown. I got to get there every morning, you know, leave about the same time every day and, um, and do what normal adults yeah. do. Right. Yeah, that's so, so yeah, to, to answer your question in a roundabout way, it's, yeah, I guess I moved to Vail to, to, ski for a year but it is where i ended up kind of starting a a, a life well, a real life I, and i still think that well I was say, but here in coming full circle though the fact that you you still think about it and uh the fact that people want you to still play they're not asking you to be the star of the team jay they just want you to play you know that that's what i'm saying go out there and get it do it while you can because there's going to be a come there's going to come a time right. you wish you had and you didn't yeah, take it from someone who's been on that road. Um, right. No, I, I, you know, I'm just saying, yeah. but now let me ask you, we're going to wind her up here, but um, before we do, I just want to ask you a couple of more questions. And that is uh, namely number one, do you ever see yourself getting back in the game in a coaching capacity? Um, I would say there's a possibility for that. Like I said, when I was in Vail, I helped coach. They had a team, um, 
like the MJ, um, called the Vail Powderhounds. And uh, I did help coach those guys. I was more of a practice coach. I never went on the road with them because I was obviously playing for the, the Yeti. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I coached, I had a good time doing it. If I, if they had a home game and I was around, I was there. Um, but obviously if they're on the road, I'm not getting on a bus and traveling 15 hours to go to wherever Minnesota, you know, to, to help coach a, the junior team when I have games of my own going on. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely something that I would like to, to continue to, to think about and maybe do at some point. Um, but as of right now, man, my, my schedule is pretty mm-hmm. heavy. Um, I work a lot. Um, quite frankly, my phone never stops ringing. <laughs> so it's uh, just kind of one of those things that I want to, you know, make sure I prioritize sure. at this point, you know, but to answer your question in short form, yes, I, I have, I've done it a little bit. And I've also thought about getting back into it and doing it again. It's a good thing. Good way to give back to the game. Um, now, uh, have, uh, have you, have, you know, you've talked about some of the guys that have meant the most to you on, you know, in the game that you've looked up to and things like that. How about away from the game? Who would you say is the person or people that have uh, you've looked up to the most and have meant the most to you? You know, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, and this is kind of the game and also not, obviously, but uh, my dad is, you know, the most important person in, in my life. Um, and my grandpa as well um, are the two people that I would say growing up and even into this this uh, chapter of my life are are the people that that I know I can always call and count on and look up to and kind of at least try the best I can to mimic my life after. Um, and those are the two that, that come to mind immediately. Um, I've also got some guys that I work with, um, that I, I look very, very highly to, um, you know, everybody from, you know, guys that, you know, are, are brokers and, you know, executives like I am at my company. So those are, so those are some of the people that meant the most to you. Um, do, uh, now, obviously with, when it comes to the, the people in your company and executives that you mentioned in your, and your family, are there other folks away from that? that like in your hockey world or any of that stuff that you still keep in touch with? I mean, Elmo is probably, you said was one of them. And, uh, you know, Wally is another one, but I mean, from, from not only Toledo, but like Peoria and Dubuque, are there any other guys that you keep in regular touch with at all? Or um, Not really much from Dubuque. There's a couple of guys that I've spoken to, um, you know, here and there. Um, there's a guy who actually lives in Colorado Springs that I have not seen, but talked to a couple of times that I played in Dubuque with. He's in the military over there. And about a year ago or whatever, when he moved out here a couple of years ago, maybe at this point, who knows, time flies. Um, he got in touch with me to try to help him find a realtor because mm-hmm. he was moving here. Um, 
And, you know, obviously there's guys from Peoria that I'll talk to occasionally. Um, That's the only reason I still have, you know, social media, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you, is because there are some guys that maybe you don't have their phone number anymore because it's been 15 years. Um, But there's guys, you know, Luke Denton, um, Alec Hageman, uh, that I'll talk to, that I'll talk to occasionally. Um, and then there's another guy who I actually forgot to mention too, from, from Peoria, who's actually, his name's Keith Denton. Um, I don't know if you remember that at all, but there's yes. two Dentons on that team mm-hmm. that year when I played for him, 05, 06. Um, but Keith is actually from Vale. So it was just kind of a weird deal when, you know, I met him in the locker room and he says, I'm from Vale, Colorado. And I'm like, oh man, I go to Vale at least once, twice a year. Um, and then I'm standing in a bar in Vail when I moved there and oh, bumped wow. into him, you know? So, so it's just one of those things where, and he was playing at Oklahoma at that point. He also plays for the Yeti. Um, and just, you know, one of those guys that, you know, maybe you never thought you'd see yep. again, right. <laughs> and then you run into him and you guys pick up right where you left off. Um, it's just one of those things. So, you know, when I go up to Vail, um, I'll bump into him or I'll call him and hang out with him a little bit. Um, you know, but, you know, other than that, I, it's, it's just tough to try to, you know, juggle, um, current life, past life, future life. Um, when you are, um, yeah, when you're, when you're busy as, as a lot of people are at 33 yeah. years old, you know, but, um, that's cool. All right. Well, now, uh, I always end the, each podcast with, uh, with this, and that is an opportunity for you to uh, basically address Cherokee Nation because uh, alumni, current coaches, past coaches, players, fans, you name it. They, for some reason, they listen into this thing, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but uh, I always give you a chance to address them and uh well i'll just turn it over to you the floor is yours sure um so for me i mean being playing in toledo was was a a big part of obviously my career you know if you want to call it that not really but of of my playing days um and it's kind of it's not where it ended but it was it was at the towards the end of the road um I, you know, I had a lot of people that I, I looked up to in that community, um, you know, from say, even SAP, you know, and, and, and Kelly, Kelly Miller was a good friend mm-hmm. of mine while I was there. Um, and then all the people, you know, parents of, of other teammates, you know, other players that maybe I forgot to mention, Doug Linden Smith, mm-hmm. those guys um, that I... I was close to, you know, I see people in the community and we knew each other and it was, it was almost like Toledo was, it was, it was my home for, you know, three Mm -hmm. years almost. Um, and I just appreciate that whole organization. Um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, everybody from Chuck to, to the coaching staff, you know, um, to, to the fans that would come out and support us, even though we were, yeah, scrubs. Yeah, we're kids still at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I appreciate Toledo. I I had a great time when I was in Toledo. 
I, uh, I would, would give it back for anything. And I, you know, I hope that organization continues to do well. Um, because like I said, it kind of, it helped me, um, more than you could really imagine as far as becoming who I am, who I've been, um, as well as where I'm potentially going to end up, you know, those Toledo days were, a were a big part of my, my playing days. So I just, I, I appreciate that organization. I appreciate, um, everybody that was involved in that organization. Well, I'll tell you what, they really enjoyed having you, you know, uh, all the craziness included, uh, they enjoyed having you, uh, like I said, uh, that's pretty rare that, you know, I mean, a lot of guys will remember each other as teammates and stuff, but when people outside of that inner circle, what they'll remember a handful of names, and usually the one name that gets brought up the most as far as remembering them was guy war number three, Jay Clark. And you know, I obviously remember you because yeah. you know you. I always thought you were a good kid, uh, a little crazy, but that's what that that. Let's put it this way. You know, if you're going to make a stew, you got to add a little spice to it. And that's what you brought. So. That's absolutely right. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I appreciate you having me. I do want to shout out my little brother, Brody Duncan. Also, he's doing things that we we knew he was going to be doing when he was 13, hanging yes, out with indeed. the boys. So He's living his dream uh, right now. Yeah. So, so good absolutely. for him and good for you. I'm glad that you're doing well. And, uh, you know, when we ever get back to whatever normal is, our goal is to have a reunion of uh, the team and different eras, whatever. And, you know, I'm sure they'll probably want to have an alumni game. That's fine. But the thing I want to do most is uh, I want to ha us to have where we just get together, have a couple pops in the stands, watching a Cherokee game, telling tall tales and laughing our butts silly because, uh, there's, I'm sure there's one or two really good stories that I haven't heard uh, and want to. <laughs> so there, there may be, be a couple. So, but uh, I thank you for yeah. this, Jay. And uh, again, uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll stay in touch one way or another. So thanks for doing this and we'll talk again. Absolutely, Vic. Yeah. Thanks and for having me, That's episode man. 105 of the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you for tuning in as uh, Jay Clark, our guest. Uh, don't forget, subscribe. That's way all you got to do anytime a new episode drops. It'll, it'll notify you and let you know. So for Jay Clark, I am Mick saying we'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind.